Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Hello everybody, Sam here. Just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and the ICU Facebook page, we could really use your support. Every share and positive review helps us out enormously. But you can go even further than that, if you like, by signing up to our Patreon. You can join Club ISY from just £2 plus VAT a month, and in return, you'll get early access to every single story and podcast. And you can even earn exclusive content like compilation episodes and ICU stories that you won't find anywhere else. And if you don't fancy paying monthly, you can now sign up on an annual basis and save 10% on the cost of your subscription. Your support is the only thing keeping this endeavour going, so if you're enjoying the page and show, do please consider signing up at patreon.com slash ICU stories. As always, I'm eternally grateful for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Figures reveal that the UK economy shrank by a record 9.9% in 2020, with Rishi Sunak claiming it was cold that year, and he had stage fright. And his economy is a grower, not a shower anyway. And besides, it's not the size of the economy, but what you do with it that matters. Britain's plans for hotel quarantine are criticised as being weaker than Australia's, with the government insisting that a £1,750 bill for 10 nights in a jizz-stained travel lodge should be more than enough to put everybody off coming to Britain. A study finds that 6 in 10 deaths among disabled people last year were caused by COVID-19, while the other four were declared fit for work by the DWP. And finally, Gina Carano was fired from her role on The Mandalorian after comparing holding conservative views in 2021 to the suffering of Jews during the Holocaust. Stay tuned, though, as she'll soon be swapping Star Wars for Culture Wars and taking on the role of a lifetime as a deeply tedious professional victim. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. Tilt your head back, open your throat, and rub our pristine cotton swab of journalistic brilliance around in circles on your tonsils for ten whole seconds. Then take the same swab and insert it into your nasal cavity until you feel a slight pressure. Swirl it round for another ten seconds, then remove it. Now dunk it in our carefully tempered mix of hot facts and spin. Congratulations. You've just tested positive for having excellent taste in podcasts. Shine on, you glorious sex wizard. We open our show this week with Brexit, because you know what? It's about time the news started talking about it. It's been another week of endlessly sourpuss bad news stories about Britain's new trading relationship with the EU. To the casual observer, it might even be starting to feel like a rather major sinkhole is opening up in the sunlit uplands, with over two-thirds of Britain's European exports plunging straight into the yawning crevasse. Add to that the worrying news that Europe's financial markets are pivoting away from London in order to protect their own interests, as well as ever-increasing tensions over the Northern Ireland border, and you might even be starting to wonder whether or not we've well and truly fucked it. 
Well, fear not, Great Britain. What this situation needs right now is an optimist, and we've plucked one straight out of the multiverse just for you. With his take on Brexit, here's the latest incarnation of our very accident-prone correspondent, Rob Mulholland. Thanks, Sam. I'm Rob24, just another disposable human commodity in the meat grinder of the network's output. But don't worry about me, I'm from Earth Delta Papa Leslie Nope 16, and we're known for our cheerful naivety and endless well of optimism. I'll take my drinks half full, my eggs sunny side up, my grass always greener, and my plunges into economic uncertainty completely blindfolded, thank you very much. I'll try and see the best in any situation, even when that situation is basically a burning portaloo, filling the air with the stench of burning turds and plastic and the dying screams of everyone you've ever loved. Because you voted to trap them all inside it and then lit the entire thing on fire. And boy oh boy, if there's one thing the Brexit debate has been lacking over the last month or so, it's a cheery sense of optimism. It's been over a month now since Britain started writing the newest chapter in its relationship with the EU, and to the casual observer, it can sometimes feel like the pen slipped, and that the author has never written a book before, and is basically uh, just slapping upbeat catchphrases together, even though... They make no sense and reflect none of the reality of the situation. Oh, and also, it's not a pen he's writing with at all, but a pipette full of hot sick. And not the good sick either, you know, the sort you can just sort of swallow back down and carry on with the night because it's mostly booze and you're having a good time. No, no, the bad sick. The proper bottom of your gut stuff, you know, that that stuff that's mostly stomach lining, mixed with the sort of acid you could dissolve a tooth with, that kind of sick. It's, um, it's not been great so far, that's basically what I'm getting at. But that doesn't mean things won't get better! You'll have heard it a lot from Brexit supporters, and that kind of blind faith is just my cup of tea. It's just teething issues, they'll say. All this will get sorted out. The Northern Ireland Protocol can be renegotiated, even though it was the key sticking point of the entire agreement and it was the solution Boris Johnson actively pushed for, despite claiming he'd never accept a border in the Irish Sea. That's the sort of clueless optimism we need. Yes, our exports to the EU might be 68% down right now, and Amsterdam might have just overtaken London as Europe's top share trading hub, but shit up everyone! Personally, I've got absolutely no doubt that we're about to turn a bright and glorious corner. Everything will turn out alright in the end, you just have to stay the course. Easy there, mate. Looks like you're going the wrong way on this motorway, just like everyone else. Look, guys, there's just no need to be so negative all the time. Brexit might be a little bothersome right now, but divorces are always tricky at first. It's only later on when you buy a sick motorbike and start paying for prostitutes who look vaguely like your ex-wife when things start feeling a little bit better again. Will you regret your decision a few years down the line and crave that comforting familiarity that you'd somehow convinced yourself was a passionless stalemate? Quite possibly. But different doesn't always mean bad. 
Apart from all the super gonorrhea from all the prostitutes. Even I've got to admit that's not ideal. But you can't look backwards, Britain. She's gone. You wanted this. And just like me, now you've just got to scratch your dick constantly and power through. Never mind that all your underpants now smell like overripe feta. You've got conviction. You've got blind commitment to your cause. And that's all that matters. Yes, mate, I know. You've made a mistake. It's fine. Just turn around and join me. Honestly, you lot. Sometimes I feel like everything's backwards here on Earth Prime. You want to get on board with my reality's mindset. We're not so different, you and I. We tie our shoelaces and drive to work on the right-hand side of the road, just like you do. The only difference is that I stay positive, even in the face of overwhelming evidence suggesting I've made a terrible mistake. I'm Rob24, and stay the course, Brexit Britain. It'll be alright in the end. Reporting for ICO FUCK! Britain's not the only country speeding into utter calamity at the moment. Just turn your heads across the Atlantic, and on a clear day you should be able to see the fumes rising off the steaming pile of bullshit that forms Donald Trump's defence in his latest impeachment trial. Over the course of the week, Democrats have been painstakingly laying out just how the former president inspired and encouraged the riot and attempted insurrection at the Capitol back in January. In response, Republicans like Rand Paul have been doodling on bits of paper because sedition on the part of a wannabe autocrat leading to the deaths of five people apparently isn't an issue that requires even 10% of your attention as a lawmaker. To the rest of the world, it's been positively gripping stuff, like a tiny and unwelcome hand clamping down on the pussy of our collective sense of existential dread. It's looking likely that despite the horrific images coming out of the trial, and a mountain of evidence demonstrating Trump's deliberate inflammation of tensions and undermining of the election results, he will not be convicted by a two-thirds majority in the Senate. To some of the former president's most ardent followers, that's good news, and we're once again now joined by one of them. John McDonald's was at the Capitol on January 6th, and he remains loyal to Donald Trump. Hello again, Sam. I wish I could say it's good to be back, but you're a terrible network. Just terrible. So few listeners. But we do what we have to do. And the truth needs to be heard, because it is the truth. And the truth is very important. I should point out to our listeners, just in case they missed your first interview with us, John, you insist you're just an average, everyday American from New York, despite the fact your voice sounds uncannily like... Can we move on, please? You're boring people, Sam. You're a very boring host, you know that? No catchphrases, very low energy. They should call you Boring Sam. That would be a very funny joke if somebody tweeted it. I'm sure it would get loads of retweets. I understand humour, you see? I'm very good at it. I'm sure you are, John. So, could you tweet it for me, please? You want me to tweet calling myself Boring Sam? Yes, and then tell me how many retweets it gets. Don't you have your own Twitter account, John? I've never used Twitter in my life, Sam. I don't even know what a retweet is. Can we stop this line of questioning? I didn't come on here to talk about social media. Although social media is very bad, and it's cancel culture, and they hate America, I came here to talk about Donald Trump and this impeachment, which is the greatest crime ever committed against any president ever. 
Yeah, I think Lincoln and Kennedy might disagree. Don't try and do humour, Sam. Sarcasm. It's a very low form of wit. You know that? The lowest. You're boring. You're a very boring man. But like I was saying, this impeachment, it's unconstitutional. Do you understand that, Sam? Do you know what that means? It means it can't be constituted. And if you can't constitute it, then it shouldn't happen. That's just a fact, Sam. And I know facts. I probably know more facts than anyone you've ever met. I'm not sure that's quite what unconstitutional means, John. That argument revolves around whether or not the Constitution covers impeaching Trump as a private citizen, given that he's now left office. The Senate have now decided that it does, and besides, what's the alternative? That a sitting president can incite as many riots as he likes, provided he immediately leaves office afterwards? When can you punish a president under rules like that? How are you not getting this? It's like trying to teach Eric, well, anything. I'll slow it down for you so you can understand me, okay? You can't punish a sitting president, Sam. It would be terrible for the country. And you can't punish a former president for things he did when he was a president. That would also be terrible for the country. It would set a terrible precedent. Not like Trump, who set a precedent of being an excellent president. Are you following me? Not even slightly, no. Well, that doesn't surprise me, Sam, because you're stupid as well as boring, and I'm the smartest person you've ever met. Let me make it very simple for you. The radical far-left Democrats, with their cancel culture and their widespread fraud, they stole this election. They stole it. And now they want to stop Trump from running ever again. How did they steal it, though? Trump supporters have parroted this lie over and over. There's simply no evidence that fraud took place on the sort of massive scale necessary to engineer the millions of votes that Biden won by. Unless you're clinging to nonsense conspiracy theory about voting machines flipping ballots. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Jesus, Sam, are you trying to get my ass sued off? I've never said voting machines flipped votes. Other people have said that. I would retweet them if I could. But they should pay all the libel damages. Because I've never said it. Not in a legally responsible, I should face consequences for my actions sort of way. I thought you said you have no idea what a retweet is. Will you stop talking about Twitter, please? It's like you're obsessed, Sam. I bet you can't even eat a cheeseburger on the toilet at 4am without getting your phone out of your pocket. I bet you look at it in your hand and exhale, sadly, and a single tear rolls down your face and it lands in the toilet right next to all the lettuce from the cheeseburger. That's sad, Sam. It's really sad. That's a very specific image. Well, I know people, Sam. I know how they think and what they do. It's not projecting. I don't just accuse people of stuff I do. That would be an awful way to cover up soliciting foreign interference in an American election. Way too obvious. Not me. I'm smart. And this impeachment? It's a sham, a hoax, and it shouldn't be happening. Trump called for a peaceful protest. He said those exact words. Well, he also said fight 20 times in the same speech, and also actively undermined the result of the election for weeks beforehand. If you tell people they've been horribly wronged, and demand they feel angry about it and fight, isn't that pretty much the textbook definition of incitement? No, because he never said storm the capital. You have to say the exact words or there's no intent. It's like a magic spell, Sam. Nothing happens if you don't say it right. That's just the law. 
Rudy Giuliani says so, and he's the best lawyer the world has ever seen. This impeachment is the worst thing. The worst thing. It's like my daughter Ivanka always says, Stop. This is wrong. What you're doing is grossly inappropriate and criminal, and you need to stop. You have a daughter named Ivanka? I've got no daughters. I don't even know what a daughter is, Sam. You're just twisting things, the way the far-left Antifa media always does. If I was Trump, and maybe he will do this, who knows? If I was Trump, I'd take that nuclear football and I'd throw it at the media. I'd throw it straight at them. I'd throw it straight at you. And you'd explode. And you'd deserve it. Because you're fake news and you're terrible. You know the nuclear football's not a literal football, right? (laughs) Well, that shows how little you know, Sam. Because believe me, I know. When you become president, the Secret Service give you a football and they say, Mr. President, this is a nuclear football. And you have to look after it. Don't drop it. Don't bounce it too hard. Keep it warm and safe or it'll blow up. That's what they tell a new president, Sam. But the joke's on them. Because then, when an election gets stolen and that president has to leave, they forget to even ask for it back. And then you have an ex-president who still has a nuclear football. And that's a great and wonderful thing. No, seriously, the nuclear football is a briefcase that contains codes. It really isn't a football. Like, at all. You're an idiot, Sam. A briefcase doesn't contain codes. It contains photos of Lindsey Graham. Photos he would not want anyone else to see. So you keep it around for when he shows up. And then you've got a guy who will always be loyal to you. But you know what? You'd never understand. Because you're not a stable genius like me. I'm done. You're not going to listen to me anyway. Because you're fake news, Sam. You're fake news. But we've barely even touched on Trump's defence or the evidence against him. You don't just get to storm off, John. That's hardly a compelling argument. Boo! Boo! You're fake news, Sam! Fake news! And this interview is over! I win! Trump forever! Boo! Weirdly, that was still better than his defence lawyers have managed. The line between winning over the electorate with your patriotic credentials and whipping up your supporters into a nationalist frenzy really doesn't need to be as fine as Donald Trump sometimes makes it feel. Countless political leaders here in Britain have sought to convince the public of their love of country, but it's a marketing ploy that the Labour Party have all too often spectacularly failed to pull off. Turns out that free broadband really wasn't that mad an idea, but it just couldn't compete with a badly photoshopped t-shirt reading I love the IRA. New leader Keir Starmer clearly believes that Labour needs fresh patriotic credentials in order to win back voters, but it's a gamble that risks alienating some of the party's left-wing base. Everyday average woman with a heart of gold Jade Fernley has the keys to the dimensional gate this week, and she's been travelling the multiverse in search of the solution to Starmer's tricky balancing act. Hello everybody, I'm Jade Fernley, proud Yorkshire lass, hard-working mother of three and true red, white and blue patriot. <laughs> you know me by now. I'm a steaming cup of tea on a grey day. I'm buttercream and strawberry jam on a nice thick slice of Victoria sponge. I'm Jerusalem sang by the Women's Institute Choir. 
I'm British through and through. And I love this country with everything that I've got to give. Well, most of it. Scotland I can give a take. Grateful bastards that they are. If I could fit Trident submarines in my bathtub, I'd consider it my patriotic duty. Don't know what the fucking moaning about. You're all aware how passionate I am about Britain. I love everything about it. From the rolling green fields to the stiff upper lip. I need my politicians to reflect that pride or I just don't find them believable. That's why I switched my vote to Boris Johnson. I don't want a Prime Minister like Jeremy Corbyn. Turning up to work looking like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. I want Boris Johnson. Turning up to work looking like he's been dragged through a hedge fund backwards. It's all about optics, isn't it? Which is why I'm finding it hard to trust all this talk of patriotism and union flags from Labour's new leader. Look, I'll accept these definitely a lot smarter looking than the last bloke. Any grown man who still uses hair gel like a teenager hoping for a finger bang in the cinema is at least making an effort. And true, if he wants to win back the red wall, there's not necessarily anything wrong with a bit of national pride. But if there's one thing I cannot stand, it's lack of authenticity. Which is what I like about the new crop of Conservatives. Pretty Patel says what she thinks, even when thinking's clearly very hard for her. Boris Johnson's upbeat, and you can always rely on him to keep it positive, even when everything is clearly terrible. And Michael Gove has never been anything other than a completely irredeemable cunt. He was born a cunt, he's lived a cunt, he'll die a top-shelf, copper-bottomed, weapons-grade cunt. You can't fake authenticity like that. I don't need performative patriotism from my Labour politicians. It's patronising. Expecting us northern voters to snap back in line just because you've bought a poppy in a Savile Row suit. What I need to see is conviction from Keir Starmer. I want to hear real passion when he takes on the enemies of this country. You know, like the young people and identity politics and cowards who think our undercover police officers shouldn't be allowed to murder people. Things the traditional working classes actually care about. Not niche issues like human rights applying to everybody. Which is why I've come here. To Earth Bravo Ken Loach Black Stuff 88. This is a world that's uniquely working class. It's full of people that think just like me. People like Keith here, who believes in proper labour values. That's right. We're proud of our labour roots here, where everything's as northern as they come. And we believe in proper labour values, like a fair wage for honest work, and equality and social justice for all. Sorry, love. I must have misheard you then, that last bit. Did you just say social justice? Aye. Civil partnerships, human rights, trade unions, not being a horrible, spiteful shit to black and trans people, that sort of thing. You know, proper patriotism. Having a sense of community and being proud to welcome everybody with open arms. What? So what you're saying is that people here don't think patriotism has to be a choice between insular, narrow-minded nationalism and social progress? No. 
Of course it doesn't. Why would you even think that? That blinkered view is an offensive stereotype of the attitudes of the white, northern working class. Now, if you'll excuse me, love, I've got to warm me whip it before my shift at the Yorkshire Pudding Mine starts. <clears throat> I feel a bit sick. Still, at least I'll be home soon. Keir Starmer might be a wet fucking blanket, but at least he's committed to alienating young people and ignoring the issues they care about. <laughs> Next to this bunch of fucking snowflakes, he looks positively patriotic. I'm Jade Fernley, reporting for IC News. Jade Fernley there, everybody, once again bringing a ray of sunshine and some genuine human warmth to the IC News family. Her report brings us to the end of our broadcast. We'll be back the same time next week, but for now, we leave you with the headlines you may have missed. Meghan Markle wins her landmark privacy claim against the Daily Mail, meaning the newspaper will now have to think twice about publishing her private letters after rooting through her bins, stalking her children, hassling every friend she's ever had, and demonising her as a manipulative gold-digging harpy on a daily basis. I'm sure they've learned their lesson. Pretty Patel is reportedly looking at updating pet theft laws to make the offence more serious, which is surprising given that she's modelled her entire public persona on Cruella de Vil. The government announces an extra £3.5 billion for removing unsafe cladding on tower blocks over six storeys tall, while tens of thousands of other unsafe buildings identified post-Grenfell get sweet diddly piss. Sweet diddly piss, of course, being the extinguisher you need to put out a bonfire of adequate planning regulations. And finally, the government is said to be rethinking plans for a new coal mine in Cumbria after it turns out Michael Gove misunderstood the sort of coke it would be producing. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again, it's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. 
And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs>